Welcome to Little Darlings, a Dead Darlings podcast bonus episode. Regular Dead Darlings listeners will know that we have a book review section in each episode. For our most recent episode, episode three, I chose Rupi Kaur's Milk and Honey because I thought Laurie and Hannah might have some interesting thoughts about it. It turned out I was right, and in fact they had so many thoughts that the conversation we had planned to take around 10 minutes morphed into just under 40 minutes of discussion. After a few conversations on social media, we've decided to release the full conversation as a bonus episode, and here it is. Although Laurie and Hannah, and me to some extent, were quite critical of some aspects of this book, our aim was to review and critique rather than to simply be mean, and we've tried to set some of our comments in a little bit of context here. We really hope you enjoy it, and if you've got your own thoughts and would like to continue the discussion, please feel free to give us a shout on social media. You can find us on Twitter, at Dead Darlings Pod, or searching for Dead Darlings Podcast on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. You can also email deaddarlingspodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the show, and as ever, thank you for listening. So Rebecca, why did you pick this book? I picked this book because I thought we could have an interesting conversation about it. And I mean, also, it's a book that is incredibly popular, and I think it's a lot of people's entry into poetry, particularly for, for younger readers, it, it, it's kind of like teenage girls, it's it's kind of entry to poetry that isn't all the dead white men, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, I find it very interesting, and I thought we could have an interesting discussion, because I thought you might have some thoughts <laughs> about it. And she's quite a kind of polarising poet perhaps and yeah i just thought we could have an interesting discussion about it okay um so i guess my first question on it i so i uh bought and read the book over this weekend when did you first read it or become aware of it um probably i'd say a couple of years yeah about two years ago i kind of had seen it around i just was very intrigued by by, I mean, it's a it's a beautiful cover. It is like, a beautiful cover. It's a cover. really strikingly beautifully designed book. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think a friend of mine gave it to me in the end. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, and if you're listening, Liam, because you're a lovely and supportive and might well be listening to this, uh, I did really appreciate the gift. <laughs> Despite what it's <laughs> about to come out of your mouth. It's about to be about to come. Um, and I actually think that the first time I read it, I actually really liked it. Okay. And then I read the second one. It's just called The Sun and Her Flowers. The Sun and Her Flowers, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, actually, this is more of the same. And actually, I'm not sure if this is... I, You know, I think I've... Oh, what's the phrase? There's a, there's a phrase like where you kind of see through something. Anyway, um, that I just kind of was like, actually, it's... This isn't... Like... There were some of her poems I really, really love. Uh, a lot of her work is very short. Mm-hmm. Pithy might be a contentious word to use, but sort of short to the point poems and sometimes it works and sometimes it is just a few words on a page that you've put a break in and maybe that makes it sound a bit it gives it a bit more gravitas perhaps than, than the words might earn on their own and especially with the second book I found there was one poem with three poems on three different pages that I then went actually that's one poem that you've just divvied up mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure why um, and it is, but she is kind of part of this sort of Instagram generation that, you know, and actually I think her poems probably work quite well on Instagram and it's kind of weird reading a book that kind of relies on another medium as well. Um, so yeah, I have very mixed feelings about it. Some, some, some of it I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand by it and I really, really like it. Some of it I'm kind of like, huh, I would like more from this perhaps. Okay. Um, 
so I guess I got some thoughts. Uh, yeah, um, I think that's fair to say. Um, and I wanna, and also to contextualize, Hannah um, Hannah Hutzper has also read the book and yes. has sent us her comments. Yeah, um, those in. Yeah, we're gonna be kind of threading those in in what we say. Um, not necessarily going. This is what Hannah thinks, yes. but um, I think there's a lot of overlap between what mm. she thought and what I thought and what you thought in a lot of cases. So we're just gonna be including that where where we can. Um, I kind of wanna set some context for for some of the comments that they're gonna make or that I'm gonna make about the book. Um, because I think it's really important to to contextualize my thoughts on the book, um, which sounds really wanky, but is, yeah. I don't care. Um, we're running a poetry podcast. We're like running this. a poetry podcast. You hang your pretension hat up on the door. So, um, I had a uh, so yeah. I read this this weekend. I had a chat with a friend last week who is on a uh, writing course at the moment, and she was saying how uh, she loves uh, short, very, very short poems, particularly haiku. Um, and she said that to the person leading a workshop and the work person leading the workshop told her that she should, um, this is a quote, put all that in the bin. Um, wow, okay. which, and that's been going on in my head for days and I utterly, utterly disagree with that. Um, I think that like the idea of just dismissing short form poetry out of hand is really awful because it's it, there's such a canon of short poems like from haiku up to like hardcore punk like having like very short form as a way of translating your thoughts in a clear and concise way i think that that's what all writing should be aiming for is to express something in as clear and concise a way as possible um and really great writers kind of control that gap pretty well so I went into this having just had all these thoughts about what short form poetry means and how it's really important. Um, I also think because there's no getting away from the fact that Rupi Kaur exploded with uh, the rise of kind of what's known as insta poetry. Mm -hmm. um, I think comments like, oh, you should put short form in the bin. I think what that does, what that comment says is that uh, insta poetry and shorter poetry like that is very accessible i think people mistake that for kind of it being disposable mm. like it's not got any weight to it because it's short form and therefore it's rubbish or therefore it's it's threatening kind of more traditional forms of poetry yeah, and, and i, I also dislike jump, that i would also jump in and say Heaney has poems that are two lines long. Yeah. And no one ever fucking told Heaney to get in the bin. Exactly. You know, nobody told the old guy to get in the bin yeah. who writes far too many poems about bug bodies. And I love Heaney. Yeah. There's a lot of poems about bug bodies. You know, <laughs> I, there, there, is, there is a tendency to be like, she's young, she's female, she doesn't understand the craft, she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. And I think like to, to equate writing on Instagram or writing on anything as being kind of disposable and therefore rubbish like I don't think I, I vehemently disagree with that and I think it's and I've written on the script elitist bullshit yeah. because it and, is and it is about control as well that that you know if you don't have Instagram if you don't have social media it used to be relying on sending your work to somebody and yeah. have them sign it off you yeah. can't just give your work to people you know without it being signed off and this book was originally self-published as well I think it was yeah, yeah. Um, um, it was it's now on uh Andrews McMeal publishing and has uh, has exploded that publisher to being much 
much bigger than they were. Yeah, it was one of the biggest selling books in America, I think, the year it came out. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a, and it says on the cover, number one New York Times bestseller, and uh, I believe it sold 2.5 million copies. And in the UK, it's a book which has, uh, according to the Financial Times, see, we do do our research yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. She accounts for one million pounds worth of, of poetry book sales in the UK. Like, yeah. it's it's incredible. It's genuinely... And, you know, part of the reason we started this podcast is because we want to support writers, right? Mm. We we don't want to go and gra- grab books and go, oh, what do you think of this? Oh, it, it, it's crap and, like, try and yeah. tear tear people down for their success. Like, yeah. it's and, absolutely great that she's been successful in it. Yeah, and I think having having kind of, you know, like, like I said, I loved it and then I've initially had a few more kind of complex thoughts about it. One thing I will say is this is poetry that, you know, a lot of teenage girls are buying and I'm hesitant to shit on things that teenage girls like because the world is very very quick to do that just because they are teenage girls Um, and I kind of think well you know if this is the accessible poetry that people come to and then they go off and look at other stuff then great like then then it has a place and it's not complex and it's not again like I was saying earlier about you know how poetry in Ireland is taught it's not I think we do teach poetry in this country as being something a bit complicated and if you don't get it it's kind of your fault for being a bit thick whereas I don't think that's what's going on with Rupi Kaur and I think that is quite refreshing and if that's what's bringing people's poetry then great yeah I I totally agree and Rising Tide lifts all boats right and you know the that Financial Times report um, that I read earlier in the year was talking about insta poetry as being ascribed to having increased uh, uh, it accounts for something like 12% of all UK poetry sales that's great like anything that is causing more people to read uh, and read poetry I think is genuinely great and as well you know anybody who writes a book like you put a load of effort into it yeah. like and it's to to I'm sure when she wrote and self-published this book originally you know like put her genuinely put her heart and soul into it so uh, you know like and I think all of that's really important to contextualize what we're talking about. I also think it's really important to note because <laughs> I knew this. I knew me and Hannah would have really similar thoughts. Yeah. And part of that, frankly, is because me and Hannah both went to the University of East Anglia and did the the, the um, English Lit and Creative Writing course, which, frankly, and I've only realised this more in recent years teaches you to be super critical of writing any writing it teaches you to pull it apart work out how it works and put it back together again um as someone that's that's had laurie edit my manuscript yeah i can confirm i can confirm uh, i mean it he, makes he checked we were still friends afterwards which was very sweet of him. i mean it makes you brutal it makes yes. you brutal i mean it, i think it makes the writing better yeah. but it makes you totally brutal in the way that you read something and i think what that means is when Hannah and I read this, we're not reading it in the same way as most people are going to read this book mm. or any book. Um, so I think our comments on it, and some of them are going to be critical, are from a place that isn't where most people read. They're not, it's not how most people read. And so if people, if you listening like this book, genuinely great, yeah. awesome. Also, tweet us, tell us. Tell us we're wrong. Yeah, yeah, we want to have this conversation. We want, we do want to. I think the podcast does need to be more interactive. So yeah, at us, at me. <laughs> so Rebecca, considering that we tend to pick books that we like 
Mm. or that or that we want to give exposure to this Mm. is a book that has already had a lot of exposure yeah within the world of poetry anyway why do you think this is a book that we should be talking about i think because like i said i think it's a lot of people's approach into poetry i think the spoken word you know the mission statement of this podcast i just said mission statement which is wanky but yeah I said it's podcast. Why we done the thing? Why we done the thing? It, 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 we're looking at the spoken word scene in London and beyond, and I think spoken word and Instagram poetry are actually not that far away from each other. And I think you know they they are coming to the fore a lot more than they were in recent years. Fewer people recently have said to me when I say I do spoken word poetry, they don't go, "Sorry, what?" They go, "Oh yeah, that thing." Like Olympic Niche or Kate Tempest, or and I think Rupi Kaur is kind of a part of that. She does do performances, and and I think. Milk and Honey is, is very much part of that. And again, I think it's this idea of poetry not just necessarily being the shit you were afraid of at school. Mm. And I just think that's really interesting and important. And I think it does have something to say and something to offer us. And and, and it, it has had that impact, whether we like the book or not. Yeah. Um, it's had that impact. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of why I picked it, because I thought it was... And yeah, like I said, I genuinely just thought we could have an interesting discussion about it. Um, okay. And I kind of... So there was an article in, I think it was a Times Literary Supplement or something a few months ago that really went for Rupi Kaur and also Holly McNeish, which is interesting because Holly McNeish does her little Instagram poetries, but then she does kind of long pieces for spoken words. She's been doing spoken word for a long time. And I know um, Hannah had kind of said that she sort of read this article and hadn't read Rupi Kaur, but sort of thought, well, why, you know, if, if they're attacking Holly McNeish, it's a, it's a snobbiness about women. And uh, absolutely. Young, young women. Yeah. And I think there's an element of that. Like I said, I think there are poems as Rupi Kaur where I'm kind of, it's very easily, as, as these guys are having a lot of fun on our group WhatsApp thread, it's very easily kind of uh, parodied some of the um, some of the formats she uses and mm-hmm. some of the shorter stuff. There's an element of perhaps taking itself a little too seriously. Mm. Well, I think there's a there's a really important question with with this book on how we respond to it and going back to what was what i said about being trained to be to read critically this is a book that in many ways is a critic's pride and joy because it there are so many ways in which it can be torn apart there are so many ways in which this book does things that invite criticism and to there's there's a real tension in I don't want to wade too much into it because I don't want to... Uh, a, I don't want to dick on, on Ruby Core because, you know, like, because I I don't know her and, and you know, I'm I'm sure that, you know, this this work obviously means a lot to her. Whereas, and and, and particularly because, as you say, the audience for this isn't me. Mm. Um, you feel like there might be a, a proper element of snobbery to... Yeah. to having a really critical eye on it and I think that's interesting something one of the comments Hannah made was like this feels very because she was 21 when she wrote this yes this feels very of its age and Hannah's kind of saying it doesn't really appeal to me I kind of I can see that and but I also think there are thoughts trains of thought I recognize in this book where I go yeah I remember the moment I figured that shit out okay. and it is shit particularly as a woman in your 20s you know a straight woman dating men Mm-hmm. Um, or straight presenting the shit where I went oh yeah yeah I, rem- I remember when I figured that out and okay. 
I also think, you know what, the, 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 the narratives young women are presented with for relationships and how they should work. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I listen to another podcast I love called Fuck Boys of Literature. And it's literally just going through books being like, what the fuck is Mr. Rochester's deal? <laughs> he's a prick um but he like, is a prick. yeah the models you know even you look at and they did twilight and you look at you know the models for relationships young women are given even today mm-hmm. are you kind of have to put up with this crap yeah you can fix him and you can make him better and actually i find what i find interesting about this are there are some poems where she kind of falls into that and then there are other poems where she's like not my job mm. i don't need you to make me whole and yeah that stuff i kind of you relate to. I relate to, and I, I kind of, although I can look at it and go, that was a time in my life that isn't now, yeah. I can also go, yeah, I think there are women there that, need, that I know that need to hear that. Or yeah. that, you know, and if this, is, if this is how young women are hearing it, great. Yeah. So, I'm going to go in. Yeah, go for it. You go. With, with a little bit of trepidation. Um, I think, I mean, I'm amazed that, it's, uh, that you know, uh, I'm I, I'm worried that it's only the third episode, but I'm also amazed that we haven't really had like a big like divide on a book yeah. before in in what we in the ones we picked, um, and I personally can't say that I really enjoyed reading this book, and from what Hannah's said as well, yeah. I think that she didn't enjoy reading it. I think there are a bunch of kind of reasons why that's the case. Um, and I've kind of tried to order them in some way, but I think it comes down to one central thing, and that is that this is, and there's there's two ways of reading of reading this thing, one positively and one not so positively. This book is so so sincere, it's completely <laughs> and utterly sincere from the front to the back, including the cover and the back cut. Like this is a book that is, and the the really positive way of putting it would be to say that. I think Ruby Core absolutely believes 100% with absolute conviction in every single word that is in this book. Mm. That's the nice way of, of, of putting it. On the, on the other side, it's absolutely swamping to read something that is so overwhelmingly sincere and, and there's kind of some diff- lots of different ways in which it builds that. Mm. And don't get me wrong, sincerity in your in poetry is absolutely important, but also the le- the level with which it is in this, I found meant that the book kind of washed over me to a degree. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, yeah, like there were bits in it that, that she kind of describes herself as the mother of the book as having birthed it, and and I kind of go ah, because that's I guess that's about how I relate to my body and my idea of childbirth and my and how I relate to my work and I kind of would like to keep the two very separate actually and I think that's but that's about me and how I relate to it I guess and you know if that's but yeah but it does seem like an well from from the like epigraph the the epigraph of the book says my heart woke me crying last night how can I help I begged my heart said write the book and I and I read that and I went oh okay this is going to be a book by somebody who puts this book on a bit of a pedestal mm. that it's not just yeah I wrote a lot I put a lot of ink on a lot of pages and then I crossed bits out and then I did yeah. some more work on it and then I did some more work on it like that's the kind of thing where the as you say the birthing of it it's almost like otherworldly it's mm. almost like treat treating this as something something that is almost inaccessible to for normal people to do and that's not correct Mm. like anyone can write a book it's just putting 
you know ink on or a poem it's just ink on a page right yeah um so they're like from that very first page i was like oh, okay you're setting a you're setting a presentation that's very 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 formal and very uh sincere uh, i mean even the spine of the book it's it's it says core it doesn't say rupee core it's core like yeah. you already know who's written this book right <laughs> because why wouldn't you know who rupee core is it's like it's very it's like sincere to a point that's like what um most of the poems in the book don't have any titles there's no table of contents it, what that means is that all of this presentation stuff is meaning that this is quite a hard book to navigate yeah it's weird it does have to exist in a containing format i think like because yeah because they don't have titles and things like that like it has to exist as a book where you know what you're getting or an instagram account that you have come to again knowing what you're getting it's not there's very few poems in it i think the poem there's a poem which i do like and fuck it it's a hill i'm gonna die on or at least get no no get, go for it if you like it you it, like it. It, it, it it's a hill i'm gonna get seriously injured on anyway um th there's a poem about um to all the women i have called pretty before i have called them other things is and it's probably one of the longer poems hmm. uh, or, or, uh am I, sorry am i right in thinking the longest poem in here is two pages yeah there's a couple of two page ones that are kind of but almost all of them are one page yes yeah um and this one's yeah there we go i, I want to apologize to all the women i've called pretty before i've called them intelligent or brave hmm. i'm sorry i made it sound as though something as simple as what you're born with is the most you have to be proud of when your spirit has crushed mountains from now on i will say things like you are resilient or you are extraordinary not because I don't think you're pretty, but because you are so much more than that. Mm. So that poem, maybe, I could see working on its own. That mm -hmm. you could just pin it up on a wall or, or hand it to somebody and it could work on its own. A lot of them, you'd be like, what is this? It's two lines, what is it? And I think that's really interesting as an idea of form. Like, should it should a poem stand up on its own? It doesn't have to. Mm. There's no rule saying all poems will stand up on their own. But yeah, the, it is interesting that it needs that enclosing format, whether it's a book or an Instagram account, where yeah. you know what you're coming to. And another, so another aspect of this sincerity thing, which, mm. which is the whole, my, my, like every, every piece, everything I've got to say about it comes back to that, is that the, la the language in this book is so absolutely unrelentingly literal. Mm. Like, like the poem you just read, yeah. there is no other layer to it. Yeah. What she is doing is, and, and this is, this is one thing that, Certainly, when I studied writing, we were told, we were always told, and this is like, if you go to any creative writing workshop or or, any, or class or anything, mm. rule number one is show, don't tell. Yeah. Show, don't tell. Like, the character is feeling sad. Okay, so what what's their face doing that's showing that they feel sad? What's their body language doing that's, that's showing that they feel sad? Show me that they feel sad. Don't write, Lizzie was feeling sad, mm. right? This book is constantly, throughout it, telling you exactly what is happening. Yeah. Um, she rarely uses any kind of like. Uh, she there's there's no metaphors. There's no sim really. Occasionally we're touching on them, but it, yeah. there's there's nothing that is anything else than this. This book is a precise record of exactly what she felt thought or did at a particular time yes that's it and i definitely do get serious poetry voice in my head when mm. i read it like she's yeah. reading a serious poetry voice um and there's ways she does that she like very rarely uses any contractions yeah. everything is 
you are this, not you're this, you are this. Or, um, and she like talks about like art and my art and things throughout. Yeah. Or fill me with your art, which I, I will I will admit is a low point. Yeah. Yeah, and like because the poems are so short, it means there's not really any space for metaphor or spe- specifics. It's it's literally there's there's no there's no journey. There's no taking a pic, uh, painting a picture. It's this is a thing that I'm thinking. Boom. Mm. Which in some ways is really laudable, but when you have that over this long, this is a long book. It is a lot of pages. Yeah. It's how many pages? It's over two hundred pages, and when you consider, okay, that's 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 fine. But when you consider that every one, every, yeah, it's weird. It's like it's short form, but also it's not short form. It's yeah. short form on the on the like poem by poem level, but as a book, it's overwhelming. Yeah, and I also think there are, like I said, and and it probably was more obvious with the second one, the sun and her flowers. That there were poems where I'm like, you've split those up into three, and I don't know why, because actually that is one poem. Mm. And there's quite a few things here where I'm like, actually, I'd have liked you, I'd have liked to have seen you thread those ideas together, and because there are lines which I'm like, that's a great line. Maybe if you'd given me some run up to it and thread mm. it with other ideas, I'd have gone, oh yes, yeah, that's great. And in, so, in, yeah. yeah, and in terms of that form, like because it's so short, short short poems can be great mm. short lyrics can be great like not to bring it all back to hardcore punk but like you look at those bands that, that that did songs that were like 50 seconds that just said a lyric got to the point got to the punch and then got out before before wasting any of your audience's listeners time this i got through the first part and i was like yeah i could get into this but where's the punch in every poem, I was like, where's the gut punch? Where's the bit that's going to, like, mm. get me? Punch and also, yeah, the odd punchline might have been nice. Um, yeah, I'm not saying she has to be funny. Yeah, but, yeah. but, like, humour's a great way to get your audience t- into something. Mm. Um, and sh- then there's not... That never happens. There is yeah. not a shred of irony yeah. in this book whatsoever. So, would you recommend this book, Laura? I haven't finished... Oh, okay. Oh, Laurie's still got thoughts. Okay. I I still got thought, thoughts. I'm gonna like try and get through them. Okay. Quickly. Okay. Yeah. okay. But this is another thing. So through that first part, I was like, okay, this is fine. I'm still waiting for this punch. Here we go. Then I got into the part two. It's in four parts. Mm. The loving. There's a lot of sex poems in here. Yes. That I was reading on the tube. <laughs> and. Because the language is so literal, there's no like talking about like the emotional side of sex. There's no talking about like the awkwardness of sex. It's just like this is a description of us having sex, and I'm like, ooh. I said ooh twice on the train, and then I said, oh god, because I was just like, this what like what is this like? Again, it's like a pre- precise record of exactly how she had sex, and I'm just like. I don't want to read that. Sorry, like Sorry it's not. For you, no, it's fine. It's just like it's really hard to write sex poems, and yeah. like I felt like this didn't do that. Yeah. I, that was a discussion that we had actually over the week. Was like I, I like I recall somebody asking me if I ever wrote sex poems, and I was just like, who would want to read it? 
Who would want to know about the kind of sex I have in any particular detail? Here's a metaphor to do with sex, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so literal. Yeah. It's really, like, it's really hard to read it and not just literally say, ew. Um, <laughs> and, and the other thing with a lot of these shorter ones, this is not just in the, in the sex section, um, are that they're, they're kind of just general slogans. Like, mm. that... Yeah, there are some where you kind of think they are a little too close to motivational posters. Like you stuck, if you stuck them on a picture of a sunset, you might read it very differently, perhaps. Fall in love with your solitude. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know that that's that's fine, but it's such a general and again like she means like, every word of that yeah, yeah it does sound like something the guy in the headspace app would say he's got a slightly annoying voice it's like a meditation app and it's supposed to be relaxing but it really winds down and then it's the fact that most of the poems don't have any titles and then occasionally they do but they're after the poem not before the poem mm. um and this didn't bother me that much but hannah was saying like actually I, I feel like the titles are just like ramming home the point of it like yeah. she almost doesn't trust the reader on those poems to just take them yeah um which i think is interesting i also think it's interesting that in that same in that second actually no it's uh sorry the third section of the book um it's mostly breakup poems um but again it's super literal like break up and then getting over them yeah yeah Again, super, super literal. It's like, this is how we had a breakup. Um, and also just, she doesn't take any accountability in mm. those poems. It's all about how the other person hurt her and how, and this is Hannah's words, uh, she says that it's very, I'm sorry you'll never get over me and that my greatness has ruined all other women for you. It was a teeny bit, we, we, I mean, we have a, a running joke between us about Jagged Little Pill. And it is very... I love Jagged Little Pill. I love Jagged Little Pill. Um, but it is a bit... Um, I want you to know. It is very... Um, oh, you ought to know. You ought to know. Yeah. yeah. It is that song, actually. Um, it's interesting yeah. because I think Alanis Morissette at least attempts irony. Yes. Famously, <laughs> she misses it. Don't tell us. Yeah. I don't want to hear. I've heard it before. Please, she knows. Can I, also, I know. Can I also just put on the record that... I love Alanis Morissette. Yeah. She's I genuinely lo love lots of Alanis yeah. Morissette's music, not just Jagged Little Pill. Um, the follow-up album is great. Um, anyway, um, but, but yes, but I, yeah, I do feel like you, that you could have, you know, Rupee Course. You were ten thousand spoons, but all I needed was a knife. Like, you could see that. Yeah, she does this this specific thing in this book um, where it's like, I try and find it, but like. There are poems, there's a poem that's something like, uh, what is it? There's, uh, there's something about I was a I was, mu I was music, but uh, you had your ears cut off. And that's such a strange thing. And then there's one literally about three poems later where it's like, I, I was art in a gallery, but you had your eyes closed. Mm -hmm. And like in both cases, and th those are the two poems in full. Mm -hmm. And in both cases, it's like, yeah okay that's fine why would someone have their ears cut off what's the what's the explanation behind that that doesn't make any sense why would you go she's not being literal why would you go, yeah. yeah she isn't being literal there but yes, she isn't being literal you're true she's been literal everywhere else yes yeah and it's like okay and and that that brings me on to like another point of of it actually which is its structure yes the length is overwhelming it's almost like here's every poem i've written to date it's yeah. not like 
and it is ordered into different sections but it's very much like his everything including poems where because her language is so literal she's she's written a poem that says something okay fine and then you'll get three poems later and you'll read another poem and you'll go that's exactly the same point as the as the poem you made you wrote three poems ago yeah which is again i kind of think there are some where i'm like i feel like you could join those together and play around with it a bit um but yeah yeah it's like it's like take you've got exactly the same message in this poem like a good poetry book to me should should have themes should have threads running through it but each poem should be exploring those themes and threads in a different way taking a different angle on it taking a different view on it but actually what these are doing because it's so literal is that it's literally just like here's the poem and then four poems later it's like here's the same poem but in different words yeah. and and that that bugs me um about it i guess like so that's kind of the structural stuff and then i guess like lastly yeah i guess for me tone wise yes there's a lack of humor um but also there's kind of like this lack of humility to the book like it's not it because it's so here's the book and it's my art and and i i'm really not trying to make a thing of of ruby core's age like she was 21 when she wrote this but also uh because it doesn't matter what age you are when you write something right there's great poets who are like 10 and there's great poets who are 70 and just started exactly it it doesn't matter but what i think the book doesn't have is like an an awareness of itself Mm. an awareness that at the end of the day what this is 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 ink on paper um and that's what you're selling um instead it's sort of elevated in a way that is like that that is just alienating to me at the, mm. uh, after a while yeah i suppose it's a good job it paid off and she did sell squillions of copies really otherwise yeah it'd be awkward um yeah, yeah. um so again like i guess all of it comes down to and i think i actually this is a separate conversation but i think it's i know she's canadian but i i think this is part of a difference between like the the english canon or like uk canon of writing versus the north american canon of poetry like in to what degree you take not take it seriously but to what degree you are calling it art versus Hmm. calling it like something cool that you do yeah and i think that there's there's the whole like dear american slam poet thing yeah and i think this this book kind of falls into that category yeah um and i've you know there's great american poets we've had jar on today like but it's just an it's just interesting i think that that difference exists like if you gave this to somebody blind i don't think they would think it's by a british writer which is interesting yeah um like not criticizing on either side just think that's an interesting thing so yeah those are those are my many thoughts on it would you recommend this book Ryan? um would i recommend this book i think if i what i would recommend is go and read some of her stuff on instagram because it's there like <laughs> yeah. it and if you like it then yeah definitely go go and go and buy it because i'm i'm very much aware that i guess i came away thinking this isn't for me 
mm. and that's that's fine um not everything has to be um and it's great that it's found an audience um and it's great that as you say potentially excuse me that potentially you know this is going to be a lot of people's first poetry book yeah um and that's fine that's great um anything that gets people who wouldn't read poetry to read poetry is fantastic um do i love it no um and i don't think i would reread it yeah um but i think it's an interesting phenomenon and i definitely i mean like the sales prove it has an audience yeah and that's great <laughs> yeah there's also i don't feel bad necessary about criticizing her in a way i would another palette because she's gonna laugh all the way to her back to the bank with the 2.8 million sales do you know what i mean like why the fuck does she care what i think um but also you know yeah. likewise like i i didn't i genuinely didn't go into this being like i really want to like rip on this book mm. like i genuinely went into it going i really want to like this i i really wanted to like it um and just to to shut those people who criticize like insta poets up yeah because i don't agree yeah, with that i cannot i cannot stress enough this this tls piece whatever qualms i have about core this tls piece was literally young women can't write poetry yeah I think it was awful bitch, lazy bitches with no craft and well fuck you sir. yeah fuck you i can't remember who wrote that i piece. can't even write, yeah it wasn't a poet I'd heard of um yeah so that was very very wrong yeah. um and i think and I'm very conscious of us not wanting to be that and not yeah. wanting to just jump on that pile because that doesn't help. And, you know, and yeah, maybe she's sold 2.5 million, but like criticism can yeah, yeah. can hurt regardless of how much you've yeah. sold, right? Um, so I don't go in lightly saying these things that I disliked about it. Um, and I think, you know, would I recommend it? Uh, to some people, yeah, probably would. But I don't think that I would have read it without you asking me to read it. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I say, I have my qualms about it. There are bits that I like, there are bits I don't. Actually, it was interesting. So, yeah, that's been Rupi Cool. And, uh, yeah, tweet us. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're assholes. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. And if you are listening, Rupi Cool, please do feel free to come on and tell us we're assholes. That's fine. Yeah. That's all good. You can come sit in my South East London living room and uh, I will make dinner. Be fine. Yeah, we had chickpea curry. It was great. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Um.